Hi, welcome to Lawyers, Guns, and Money, Real Crimes, Real Trial Lawyers. This is season two, episode six, and I am joined today with Amy Kingry, and we are going to talk about the latest news in the Richard Glossop case, including the recent decision by the Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals. Amy, how are you? I'm great, Shelley. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. And we got this decision just a couple days too late, I guess, uh, <laughs> since there was already a stay granted. But I'll just kind of summarize. All claims were denied, in case anyone doesn't know. That's the layperson result. All claims were denied by the Court of Criminal Appeals and found that none of this was new. But Amy, I'll let you spotlight what you want to highlight out of this opinion, then I'll kind of go into some more legal mumbo jumbo here in a minute. Okay. Uh, well, first I wanted to say that I think, and this is just my initial read of the opinion, and Shelly, I believe I texted you after I had read it, and in my personal outside person looking in, I truly feel that Richard Glossop and his team may have just pissed off the Court of Criminal Appeals. Um, in the language that they use, and they're very matter of fact, they're very direct and to the point. Um, you know, there's some procedural issues um, that he has to follow, and the, you know, they outline in here that he absolutely didn't follow them. You know, um, he has five different propositions in there that he raised. None of these were new propositions. None of this was new. Uh, he also, you know, the Court of Criminal Appeals, they are limited to errors which would have changed the outcome of that case in that trial, of the factual innocence. And it's clearly he has not met his burden, they state, and that there, there is no factual innocence claims here. Um, they go on to say a couple of times that, you know, it's on uh, page five of it, it talks about the factual innocence. And it says, um, no subsequent application for post-conviction relief shall be considered by this court unless it's filed within 60 days. Uh, and none of those things that he included in this, they had already been filed before. They had already been yes. filed in prior, prior appeal. Yes, yes. And so- Absolutely. It, it, but I just want to say that if there were a legitimate claim of factual innocence, the 60 days mm -hmm. wouldn't apply. Correct. But there is nothing that mm -hmm. proves he is factually innocent. Nothing. Mm -hmm. No, no. And it says that evidence of factual innocence must be more than that, which merely tends to discredit or impeach a witness without the probability an outcome would be different. And he clearly has not done that. Um, you know, he tried to argue in there that the trial evidence was weak and the evidence against him today was weaker than it was at trial. And that's just absolutely not true. And it's, and all it's been not a basis. Before. And again, no. they said these exact same things were presented in 2015 before he was supposed to be executed before. And mm -hmm. at that time, they claimed Sneed was a severe thieving methamphetamine addict desperate for drugs is what they quote mm -hmm. in there says the Sneed is, Sneed is an admitted liar, drug abuser, and thief. All of this was known. None of this is new. And again, the Court right. of Criminal Appeals takes the same position that we took last week. He did not recant. Right. And the th case being weak is an issue for the jury. 
not an issue for a post-conviction relief. But again, none of this is new. It's the exact same stuff they argued in 2015. They just added more affidavits to it. But that doesn't get mm-hmm. you past the post-conviction relief hurdle. And again, none of them go to innocence. Correct. And they state that. They, you know, say that he absolutely does not have a claim of, you know, factual innocence. And they, in fact, state <laughs> Glossop was trapped in his own web of deceit and deception when authorities were urgently trying to find Bantries. This court need go no further in discussing these facts. <laughs> so, and, and I love it. I actually, it probably is my very favorite part of that entire opinion uh, because- well, Yes, that, that's a great, uh, my second part is that Glossop claims to be intellectually disabled <laughs> and ineligible for the death penalty is not mm-hmm. supported by clear and convincing evidence. Is this not the same guy that's been on Dr. Phil and on all these <laughs> television shows manipulating people and now he's mm-hmm. claiming he's intellectually disabled? What Am I living in the twilight zone? I, I just don't know what to say. No, and I actually think that, uh, you know, and... I'm not 100% sure on this, but I, I'm pretty sure I recall a conversation with uh, a former supporter of Richard Glossop's, wherein he stated that he would never, ever take that stance. He would never, ever try and take the stance that you know he was mentally impaired and unable because it was a blow to his ego. So... <clears throat> But as we all know, they kind of try to do everything and throw everything and see what sticks at the wall. Um, And I believe that's exactly what's happening on here. Well, and it appears to me in the interviews that I have seen him on that he is very narcissistic and very manipulative, which flies against being intellectually disabled. But I I wonder if they threw this in there to say he's intellectually disabled himself, so he couldn't have manipulated Justin Sneed. You know, that's what I wondered if they were going for, but come on. No, it's such, such it's, a reach. It is. It's a far reach, but you know, we saw, we knew that would come. We knew that if it got down to it, um, that he would probably reach as far as he could to try and save his own life. Yeah, it was a 15-page opinion, but it strikes down every proposition. And Don Knight afterwards, I think this was the thing oh, that gosh. irritated me the most, yes. was like, well, we still have another pending post-conviction relief. That includes all this exact same stuff. And so there is not going to be a different resolution from the Court of Criminal Appeals. Correct. Correct. They have so nothing new you... to say. Just give it up. <laughs> right. There's one part in there that they're trying to raise, which is the Brady violation. Um, And that's the one that's withstanding in his last. I still, however, and you can put in your your opinion here, I still don't think it's enough to get them there because I truly feel like if you read between the lines and what the Court of Criminal Appeals wrote in this opinion, they were kind of already addressing that fact, that all of this stuff was out there. All of this information was out there. It was able for them to, to look at and discover Uh, let's talk about the big box of files that everybody wants to harp on that was destroyed. That was all known before the, before the second trial, that was also all known before the first appeal, which was denied. Right. And 
when they're talking about it must be filed within 60 days of learning this information. None of this is new. I think that's the second proposition. You know, the state's bad faith destruction, and then they're now claiming it's Brady, but it's basically the same argument. Correct. Um, this was known. Everybody knew this, and it's too late to bring it up. And there's nothing proving that it is actually exculpatory. They believe it might have been exculpatory, but I haven't seen anything mm-hmm. that it actually is exculpatory. It's the records from the motel that the victim's wife testified to knowing about. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to get them there either. Uh, define exculpatory for our uh, listeners that may not know what that means. Oh, exculpatory means evidence that might show the defendant is innocent or go towards the defense for the defendant. Inculpatory means points to guilt. Exculpatory means pointing towards innocence. And so what Brady states is a Supreme Court case that says a prosecutor must turn over all exculpatory evidence in the possession of the state, including in the possession of law enforcement, even if law enforcement hasn't turned over, they're responsible for giving that to the defendant, even if the defendant hasn't filed a discovery motion or asked for it. So that's what Brady is about. They are claiming that these financial records are exculpatory because it would show that he wasn't embezzling and there wasn't a financial motive, which is the aggravating circumstance. They're not going to get there. No, no. Uh, And saying that they're not going to get there, I am reminded of probably my second favorite uh, paragraph in this opinion, because we all know how I feel about the Reed Smith investigation (laughs) report. And they state in there on page 12 that on his proposition four, that the investigation trial and appeal failed to meet the demands of due process is based on information that was known or could have been discovered by attorneys in the first two post-conviction applications. Favorite part, the Reed Smith report relied upon by Glossop in this this, uh, application is a compilation of information that has been available to Glossop for many years. It contains information that was discoverable well before the state asked for his punishment to be carried out. Therefore, the claim is waived. Yes, and they put a footnote. It seems that the only impetus for this report is the state's request for a date for the punishment of death to be carried out. (laughs) And we know it's because Mm -hmm. there was a death date set and then Kevin McDougal and his group launched this thing to hire this quote, independent law firm to come. I will state uh, David McKenzie has been contacted by this law firm, but he was also contacted by the second trial counsel, uh, Lynn Birch, shortly before that trial about his involvement. And he told mm-hmm. them the same thing he's told this law firm is that Mr. Glossick came to his office to talk to him about possibly retaining him, but to talk to him about wanting to be interviewed. David mm-hmm. wrote out on a card, I refuse to speak without my attorney. I do not waive any rights, <laughs> something specific. And Mr. Glossop did not pay David. Uh, He left and was sworn by police outside his office. I think the point they're trying to make is this card disappeared and it's nowhere in Glossop's property. Well, David wrote the card. I don't know. Maybe Glossop threw it in the trash. Maybe he, I don't know what happened to it. Maybe it fell on the ground when he was being arrested, but that doesn't go towards guilt or innocence. And obviously he didn't take Mr. McKenzie's advice 
where he wouldn't have talked to the police to begin with. What I anticipate is he probably thought, well, I can talk my way out of this because he's manipulative. And he thought mm-hmm. that he could outsmart the police and talk his way out of it. And clearly that didn't happen. Right. Right. And so, you know, there's also, when you look at the response, so the application that is still has yet to be given opinion on the state's response did a great job in stating that the information from this independent Reed Smith report, they go in there and they state what Reed Smith is. They outline for the court in our response, in the state's response, that they are known for the Innocence Project. They are known for trying to get this done based on, in lack of better words, smoke and mirrors, smoke and mirrors. And there's not actually any new evidence. And so I was really impressed with the state's response on this subsequent application that's yet to be ruled on. But Which, and I just want to point out to people that are following this, the subsequent application, so if anyone wants to look this up because you're a geek like I am, and me. the application that was ruled on is PCD 2022-589 on, and you can find that on OSCN. The new one is PCD 2022-819, which in that application, they say we are absorbing everything we put in 589 and just adding a little bit more with this Reed Smith report. So right. they even acknowledge it's identical, but more. So Correct. do not think the Court of Criminal Appeals is going to do anything different than what they've done here. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is, and I didn't tell you we were going to bring this up, but I may want to do the next season on the newest innocent man saga that the state is going to retry Wayne Fontenot Mm. it was one of the Ada guys Kyle Kabelka from Lawton has been assigned that now I don't that's the innocent man book isn't it it is part of the innocent man book so the innocent man book and series was about ron williamson and dennis fritz who were actually exonerated by dna and dna Mm -hmm. found the real killer and so they were absolutely exonerated but there was this other case with wayne uh, fontenot and another man who i cannot think of his name right now that came from ada had the same prosecutors and detectives and so a lot of people feel that they are innocent too I have not made up my mind on that, but at this point it's come back and the state has said they are going to retry them. Mm-hmm. So as more develops on that, we may follow that, but yes, there's nothing in that case. Again, it's an innocent projects case, but unlike Williamson and Fritz, there's no DNA exonerating these people. Both these people right. confessed and right. David McKenzie says, when you have two people confessing to the same thing independently, that raises some red flags. Right. So I would be curious to know, you know, because there's reasons that the state would request to bring it back in. Mm -hmm. So just kind of like now, that's what Gossip's asking for. He's asking Mm -hmm. for an evidentiary hearing and it'd be returned to the court, to the trial court. Um, He hasn't met that burden. So I'm curious, Shelly, in my geek mind to know what that is. What is that that they feel that they're going to retry him? Well, I do know, and I've got to do more research, but I do know that there were some Brady issues in that case and that there had been issues with those particular prosecutors and detectives previously. So I do think there's more to that case and it's 
versus Glossop and Mm -hmm. he's grasping at straws. So there was enough in these other cases to get them reversed and remanded, but we'll have to follow back up with that another day. But these cases are just taking over the headlines. So it'll be interesting to see how these continue to play out. Mm -hmm. Well, and at what, at what expense, you know, on my end that I look at to the victims and their families. Uh, It's, a very long road uh, and just this morning I was watching the news and there is a case in Texas it was a murder case and a woman had kidnapped a, a pregnant woman from Oklahoma ended up taking her to Texas killing her and stealing her baby mm-hmm. well the woman was that did that was just put on trial in Texas and sentenced to death now it interviewed the victim's mother afterwards and what hit me deep in my gut is when the mother said, you know, now we can put this behind us. Now we can put it behind us. We have, you know, we can move on with our lives. We have justice. And my first thought was, oh, girl, hang on tight. <laughs> hang on tight because you got a good 20 years. You've got a good mm-hmm. 20 years of this. And that in itself is just heartbreaking. You know, there's mm-hmm. everybody has their right, you know, to all areas to prove without a reasonable doubt, you know, that, that they are guilty. And it's just unfortunate that some individuals have no idea what they're up against, you know, the Van Trees family, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm sure even at this point, Shelly, and I don't know, because I haven't spoken with his wife, but even at this point, I would be almost a betting person to say, they probably think there's going to be something else come up and there may, you know, I just, I can, and I, alluded to this, not alluded, I direct, directly commented to Governor Stitt uh, this week after this opinion came out that, you know what, I hope that this is enough. And I hope that you don't screw this one up. Well, at this point, there's been a stay. I don't think there's been a new clemency hearing or date mm-hmm. set yet, uh, but I imagine mm-hmm. that may be coming. So right. No, it's, it's unfortunate with that. It is. It's we will. And it's unfortunate. And, you know, the long and short of it is we're just wasting all sorts of uh, emotions and money and everything else on something that was absolutely not new. We called this several months ago, Shelly, when they had that press conference and they said, you know, this independent investigation and we're going to have new, you know, new evidence and he's guilty. And, you know, the court of criminal appeals lays it out in here. And I'm going to quote from them in which they say, in each criminal trial, a fact finder determines guilt or innocence beyond a reasonable doubt. In most trials, there may be some doubt and some questions may remain unanswered. Very rarely, a conviction may later be shown to be wrongful by subsequent evidence of actual innocence, such as DNA testing or a confession by a third party. Glossop has neither of those. No, absolutely not. Right. And you know, when you go on Netflix, there's all these innocence files, there's podcasts, <laughs> which I used to listen to some of those because no one wants to believe in wrongful convictions, but you're not getting the whole side of the story. So I just really want to caution any of our listeners to really mm-hmm. be skeptical of these documentaries because they're only told from one perspective. Right. And we ran into this last year. We ran into this where people were just believing what other people were telling them. And uh, 
our justice system may not be the best and always get it right, but you guys have to understand when it gets to this point, like where Mr. Glossop is, the courts dot their I's and cross their T's and make darn sure, in my opinion, before they're ready to execute someone. And I feel like this is a case that has, has reached the end. And like I said, quite frankly, I think the Court of Criminal Appeals is just as tired of Mr. Glossop and Don Knight and the rest of the entire team as, as everyone else is. They're just, that's enough. They've seen enough. Absolutely. Shelly, well, how long do you think will it'll take to get a, uh, it was given to the court on November 1st? the last um, application, the subsequent one? I anticipate, because much of it is the same, I anticipate right. we won't be having to wait that long for an opinion. At least that's my hope. Right. That's kind of what I was hoping too. I was hoping that maybe, <clears throat> you know, if they got it on the 1st. So this one was done. The one we're discussing today was actually filed on the 22nd of September. And then we about had a decision six on six weeks. Maybe yes, we'll have so one by the weeks. end of the year. Mm -hmm. That's what I would hope. Or maybe right after hope. the first of the year, they may take some time off for the holidays. But I anticipate mm -hmm. it's not going to take that long because most of it is the same. And they just disposed right. of a lot of those claims right mm -hmm. now. Right. And I think, I mean, they did a really good job. They did a really good job in this opinion, in my opinion, of basically just putting it in black and white and saying, you've got nothing. You, you have nothing. In a roundabout way. Right. Absolutely. Yep. I do. Well, on a quick note, um, election results. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Governor Stitt was reelected. Um, uh, Catherine mm -hmm. Savage overwhelmingly won in her race. Um, huge. Richard a big margin. Yes. Uh, 65, 35 or thereabout. Yes. Um, Angela Singleton did win in the associate district race. Mm. Um, Tracy Soderstrom did win in Lincoln County. Laura McLean won huge in Garvin County, dis despite the uh, fake mailers that right. came out. So good for her. Right. I think it was yes. like 69%. I think that was the biggest mm -hmm. margin of the night. Um, Michael Tucker kicked Kevin Cowley's absolutely. booty, despite yeah. the claims that her law, form, her law firm represents George Soros. And, you know, she wants to make every drug legal in Oklahoma. So it's time for a change in Oklahoma County, in my opinion. And I, I think we're going to get there. No, it was a mixed bag for sure, but there were some races that we can all be very pleased about. So 2023 will be interesting to see how all this mm -hmm. plays out. But, right. uh, I think that other DA's offices were waiting for a mass exodus if Kevin Calvey had been elected, but mm, I, agreed. I think most of them will be saying now, um, mm -hmm. at least to see how things go under the new regime. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that Absolutely. was very good for <laughs> Oklahoma County. Right. You know, one other point on Stitt being reelected is as we discussed in our last podcast, staying Glossop's execution was a complete political route political move. And I was thinking about it the other day when this decision came down, Stitt had something to lose by possibly not coming in and doing a big power play, such as staying a case that he knows is big in Oklahoma. I truly feel, and I've been wrong before, I feel that Stitt is probably done playing the, the 
game that he has been, like with Jones last year and even now with, with Glossop, because he's not going to be up for re-election. If I'm Stid, I'm thinking, I don't give two craps what you think now. And, and so I'm hoping that I'm, got, I'm on the right path and that there's a sway here. You know, I'm hoping that he's not going to do anything for, for political gain because uh, he can't be reelected for governor. That's just that's just me out on a limb. Right. I do think he did. He felt like he had no choice but to stay it at that point with the election. The election is over. So mm-hmm. I think now. I, I don't think he will commute. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, you know, he's not going to commute glossops or take other action i think he has taken the action he needed to do to satisfy his own party unfortunately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um who could came out for that but now that that's done right. hopefully we can move on leave it to the court of criminal appeals and mm-hmm. be done with mr glossop mm-hmm. and even though that i was rooting for joy because i was so mad at, at uh, mr stitt i will say that being that he was reelected, we don't have to worry about a convicted murderer julius jones exiting prison anytime soon Yes. Yes. He ha- <laughs> so that's some relief. Yes. He commuted to life, but he's not going to let him out. That is very good news. Right. Right. So, well, more will be revealed. So, we'll stay tuned and we will touch base when there is more gossip news or when we start a new case to talk about or there's other. Mm-hmm big cases in the news to talk about. Thank you, Amy. And I will get this out later today. All right. Thanks, Shelly. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. If you or a loved one have been charged with a crime, you need experienced, successful trial attorneys who can argue your case to a jury. I'm Shelley Levesay, owner and managing attorney of Levesay & Associates. I and David McKenzie are the litigators who are not afraid of the courtroom and will seek justice for you. Check out our website at shawneelitigator.com and call us at 405-273-6510. When you must get it right, call us to fight. 405 Two seven three sixty five ten.